It's the second cup of Joe and John with Joe Elvis and John Dwyer. Joe! Greetings, Squire. Man, am I geeking. It's a big day. I am I'm geeked. It's a big day. I am geeking out. Me too. This is this is I just want to get to him right now. I uh, know. But, but we're not going to. We're gonna <laughs> make him we're gonna make him sweat and go just about Idiots. when he wondered why he came here. Why are they doing that? Uh what do you got? You got, uh, okay, you got so, some homework. So well we, you we said have this to me. Yeah. Uh as news twos, John Dwyer, number one sports director and anchor in town for twenty plus years. Uh you had a lot to do. You were the, the main guy on the coach Jeff Fisher show, almost Fisher's entire Higher run here. Well, you called it if we didn't think it work. Yeah, see, he's already doing the Jeff Fisher impression. That was pretty good, actually. Uh, so, uh, Mike Keith, a guest on this show, reached back out to you, and I know you've done still some segments with the Titans. And I'm going to say it wrong, but the Titans are picking a 25 year, uh, yeah, like a 25 year anniversary team. What sure. does that look like? And they and started. You got, uh, you got to pick. You got. You got a ballot. I did get a ballot. Now they could have been. It could have been like the Heisman Trophy, where there's 920. Sure. Ballot. I don't know who, who you know who got it, but they and did want some folks that had covered back in the day. And that's passed. Yeah. That's been submitted. But I can you tell you who my punter is. You you submitted it. Yeah, I did. And so you said, hey. You give a look. I've been there since day one. Not that I know. I had actually, it was, it was ironic that I didn't know a lot of the players on here. Well, a lot of them are, I just don't follow the team as much as I, I couldn't name no. five players. And I'm not being, I just been no, done post Super Bowl, I checked out for yeah. four or five years. So, right. But yeah, I was still sat there and, and so, so give me a, give me a okay. couple. Okay. So we'll categories. just do a couple. Yeah. Uh, so what, what, what on this ballot, Craig you would Hendrick get, is my punter, by the way, just letting you know, not Brett Kern. Because, because this guy could, he was a dual threat. He threw. He could run. He could. He was a good teammate. He was a captain. I mean, who who makes a punter a captain? For gosh sakes! But he had that kind of influence. Um, so I shouldn't have picked Brett Kern. No, <laughs> it's gonna be a one one sided interview. I think coming up. What else you got? So you could pick three quarterbacks. Nine. Uh, nine um, but say the name. Oh, McNair. We McNair, know McNair. But pass that people want. Uh, and then uh, so you could pick from McNair, Young, Mariota, Collins, or Tannehill. You get to pick three. I, th- I think I think Collins because of the run they went on in 08. Yep. Uh, I think you had to do in the leadership he had. Yep. Um, O'Donnell's not on there. No, as a teammate. I just think it's a teammate, and he I came in. I forgot about that. Yeah, and I don't. Uh, you know, Vince was an AFC play rookie of the year, I think, and but then he uh, flamed out. So I don't. Uh, do I have to pick three? I picked. I put Tannehill on there just because I didn't I think put, Marcus uh, and Vince Young. You know, I just. Oof. Uh, so Through I had McNair, Collins, and Tim. Right, yeah, he had no, no throwing. Uh, how about an, another quick yeah. category? Um, eh, how about receivers? You could pick four. That was quite a lot. Let, let me look at the list. I know this is what. Well, I'm not. Well, I'm just. I want to see. I'm D Mace clearly because uh-huh. uh, he he set the all time yardage record in uh, for all purpose yards. I think in 2000, 99 or two thousand. But he was a. I picked Drew Bennett. Uh, he got most, uh, you know, wasn't even drafted. I think. Uh, Me too. Out of UCLA. I just loved him. He just uh, was great. and and was good during that that Heimerdinger. Yeah. Him and Volek uh, kind of had a good connection. Uh, Kevin Dyson for the effort. He was only, you know, I forgot he was only there for ninety nine to two thousand two. That's what's surprising. It has the years they've played, and a lot of guys that you would think were there for eight years were only there for two. Well, and and I think of you know, and I I think I did. Chris Sanders, because he was with the Oilers, he went through the transition. Yep. Uh, and so but they only talk about 99 on 
for the 25 years. So that hey, here's here's the one thing that I, I made sure I told the Titans on center. Everybody thinks Kevin Mawai because he's a Hall of Famer, which is great. But Kevin Long, seventh round pick, right? Our guest is going, yeah. He started back to never got off the field, two back to back 13 and three regular season. I, Kevin Long is one of my faves. He's also in the area. So um, go to, uh, we'll just do one more. Yeah. And we've, but we we'll both circled their same punter, the Hall of Famer that's sitting uh, one foot away from us. How about place kicker? Now, the great story you always tell about Adelphia opening <laughs> up uh, where people would have the gold shovels and digging a hole in the ground. They had Al Del Greco come in and kick a field goal into the hole. I bet, I bet, I bet you did not know that. So I emceed that ground kicking and they brought Al Del Greco in uh, because he was about the only name uh, SEC guy, Auburn guy. And so he kicks a field goal into the dirt as kind of the ceremonial bringing out the uh, to to start the the, the the digging in '97, so that's I love that story. We, we got to get this going because we're going to ask so our guests. So good, I'm geeking out. Should pop that thing up. I yeah. Will. yeah. Hey, we know people. Let's take a spin through Joe and John's Rolodex. Joe, it stops at H, as in Craig Hendrick. Not Hendrich, as probably most. Not Heinrich. <laughs> when you first came here in 98 He's as a not free a agent. Not a Kilbasi. Did it, was there a little over-under on some of the broadcasters here trying to get your name? Or well, no? first of all, it's great being here. But no, you never knew how they were going to pronounce my name. But yeah. that's okay. It's been my whole life. Yeah, no, you've, you you just live with that. Craig Hendrick, uh, former Titans punter, uh, got a lot going on. He's uh, one of the many folks. As we look at that list, and Craig can talk about all this, the number of players that live and call Middle Tennessee home is just stunning. When the team moved here in 97 and they had the double wides and uh, nobody wanted to live here and nobody was going to live here after their careers. And Eddie was, I'm going to L.A. I'm going to L.A. We all each give them because they're all here now. Craig Hendrick is here. Craig, I met you. You are in East Nashville right now. I met you probably a seven iron well, a seven iron for me, probably a pitching wedge for you, away from where we're recording this right now. And I don't, I bet you may not remember that. 1998, you had just signed, and a tornado on April 16th went through, and you came over with some of the players to help clean up. up and we met at Lachlan Springs School. Does that mean – and I met you that day. You had not, I don't know if there was a news conference before or not. I, I think I had just gotten here. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty pretty close Do to you that. remember but that man, time? What, welcome I to Nashville, out. huh? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, go clean up. Yeah, no kidding. No, it was it was a it was an unbelievable experience just to go through it. And, and you know, I just gotten here. I'm just kind of getting my feet under me, and all of a sudden, this thing comes through and just just tears up everything. And it's like, man, time to time to kick it into gear and help people. That's the way. That's the way that uh, that we were raised. And that's that's the team that we had. Guys would just jump in and help people, and that's what we started to do then. Well, uh, uh, Craig Hendricks, a little history on it is. Uh, We've got two Notre Dame guys here. Craig holds records still for uh, the Fighting Irish at Notre Dame, and you are a dual punter and a place kicker uh, drafted by the Jets. And then you went to Green Bay. You played on the Super Bowl team. You've got a Super Bowl ring. You didn't wear it today. Uh, I didn't. Uh, Sorry. And that was a – I don't know. You guys will go back to not, – Not a big enough deal. That was you when only you bring were, it out for the big <laughs> – Big events. You beat the Patriots, so I'm not sure where that was in the Patriots' run of uh, history. And then you came to the Titans, went from the Super Bowl with the Packers to the year with the Titans, and we all know how that one ended, unfortunately. But 
Uh, so you have a, a hugely successful NFL career. Uh, a, congratulations. And B, you heard us milling around our list of maybe a Hall of Famers. Those are a lot of teammates of yours and have to be a lot of great memories. Yes, definitely. And, you know, we, um, you know, I was, I was pretty fortunate in my career. And I started in Green Bay, like you said, and I went to two Super Bowls in a row. I played in Super Bowl 31 and 32. Um, and then the next year, um, I played in three Super Bowls in the, in the span of four years. It's just and like, so I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. I'll get here next I year. It's no big reason. deal. It's yeah, just yeah, like right. striking out the pitcher. This is easy. But ironically, the, the one of the one of the most fun years, one of the funnest years I ever had was the year we went eight and eight. In my first year here when we were in the double wides over in Bellevue because this the team, the guys that we were around, we had so much fun in the locker room, and I think it just set things up for that next year and that Super Bowl run. It was, uh, and then that that was to you played at Vanderbilt. And that was, it was just a, yeah, the whole recipe of 97, the move 98. And by the way, going eight and eight in the NFL is difficult. And I, I get, I always get a little red assed a little bit when, when those teams are, oh, they're, you know, Fisher seven and nine or, you know, August 8th is Jeff Fisher day. You try to win eight, especially under those conditions. Well, we figured out that last week, I believe the, the uh, three and whatever Cardinals beat the, Beat the Eagles at, at Philadelphia. So yes. any team can beat any other on any, any day. Any it's just the come. way it is. On our list, um, as a place kicker, you can comment on this. So the Hall of Famers that they were putting in, it's uh, Rob Baronis, Ryan Suckup, or Al Del Greco. Which was a favorite from your history with the Titans? That's, Man, I was, that's, a, that's a tough one there. That sets me up for, for failure sure. right there. Uh-huh. Um, I would say, you know, as far as – as far as consistency and just straight up kicking consistency, Al was one of the best. Mm-hmm. I think as far as leg strength and just um, just the aura of the person, I think Baronis uh, was was an was an interesting guy to be around. Obviously, you know he was he was a very fun guy to be around. He was a great kicker. Um, one of the guys you kind of had to rein in a little bit because he had that kind of. Um, I don't know. He he would he would go off on a tangent, look in the stands for his for his girlfriend or whatever he was doing, you know. Right. Um, but she had to kind of rein him in a little bit. But he was unbelievable when he got on the field, when and that was, was part of why he was great because he had that such short attention span. So uh, I, I'm not going to know the era as well as John. What who was there? Who was the kicker when you were during your tenure? What uh, place kickers did I, we have? I had several. I had Aldo Greco, and then I had Joe Nedney. Sure. And then I had Gary Anderson. Wow. Uh, going back with the one and, bar, and then one bar, uh, and then Baronis, uh, and then that's that was my last one. So I, I I did those run of kickers. Was that part of Gary Anderson's deal? When he would kick the ball, he just ran immediately to the sideline. So I guess Fisher just told him, like, look, just kick the ball and run off the field because he would have been destroyed had anybody <laughs> hit him. What's he was Gary, older? Your premium out he there. He was yeah. older in his career. But he still could kick, and so he just would do the kickoff, and he'd run immediately off the field. I had a couple of good stories about that. Actually, that started in college. He was actually he's from South Africa, and he came to the United States to play soccer. and uh, And a football guy from Syracuse apparently saw him kicking footballs over a soccer goal, and that's how he got started in, in field goal kicking. And whenever he got to the team, he didn't know anything about football. So he was told by the coach, he said, "I want you to kick the ball and then get off the field." And so that's how that whole little deal started. He kicked the ball and never broke stride and went right to the sideline. And so that's how that's where that and came from. He did from. that every time. So back in 1998, 
you play with the Packers. You're, uh, I believe, a free agent. The, the big signing off season was on February 14th, Steve McNair's birthday, was Yancey Thigpen because the Titans had never really had – they had Chris Sanders, but they just never had really developed a, a wide receiver, a possession guy, Neil O'Donnell, of course, back up, spoke highly of him and, and gave him – so that was supposed to be the – but then you get signed. Why Tennessee? Did you see the vision? Uh, putting financials aside. Yes. No. <laughs> I, I lo- No, I did. And, I, and I, I really respected Coach Fisher. I thought he was a great coach. I, I had been in Green Bay with Coach Mike Holmgren, mm-hmm. who was a great coach, um, just not a very personable, personal coach. He, didn't, he wasn't the guy who would come up and talk with you about your family, whatever. And I just saw something different here with Coach Fisher. It was like the guys trusted him in a different way. They, obviously, we respected Coach Holmgren, but um, – just the way he interacted with his players. And, and we had Floyd Reese was the GM at the time, and I really enjoyed my time with him. And um, it was just felt like a really good fit here. I knew they were building a new stadium. I knew the team was on the up and up. I knew they had a great quarterback, Steve McNair, Eddie George, and these great players that I'm going to be able to possibly have a chance to play with. And that was, that was kind of why I chose here. So how did you get uh, maybe back to your Notre Dame days? You're a punter and a place kicker. Uh, I think I did read a story that your dad used to hold the ball for you and you would just do it for hours. Yeah. So it was learned as a young kid. But explain how you kick a ball. Uh, I know you have a great uh, school that uh, we're going to talk about in just a little bit, but we've all tried to kick field goals. And no matter what we do, <laughs> it's, you, 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 hit, you would hit the center. And, you know, their line drives, it's hard to get power. It's hard to get trajectory. We all love to golf. But yet kicking, a like for the place kicker for a field goal, uh, it's difficult, and definitely for a punt, we've all tried to punt, and it goes off the side of your foot and goes 10 yards, but you're booming the 60-plus. Uh, you know, you're the Ray guy of your era. Uh, how, how do you learn to really put power into that kick? Well, it's 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 really trial and error, just like a golf swing. I mean, you've, it's all about leverage. It's all about timing, and um, there's certain parts of a, of a kick and a punt that, that have to happen for you to have a chance to be a, to be a good – for it to be a good kick. And, and uh, you know, I grew up in, in Illinois, and, and we had a soccer goal in our set. My brother and I were huge soccer players, and he was four years older than me. And so we, we used to go out, and we got tired of kicking soccer balls into the goal, so we started kicking footballs over it. And it was a big competition every night. We'd go out and kick field goals, punt them back. Kick field goals over, punt them back for hours. And that's how I learned how to do both was, was so my dad didn't have to chase footballs. We'd go down and chase them and kick them back to him. So – it's a pretty awesome thing to, you know, just to reminisce about it. You know, that's where I got my start is in my side yard. That's holy smokes. Common sense would tell you not to look to Joe and John for this, but time for life lessons from Joe and John. Well, Greg, we talked that's a life lesson a little bit about how you got started and all that. But uh, um, let's go back to, I did not go to, I grad, did not graduate from Notre Dame, so I, you know, I full disclosure. So um, I was well, an ultra you boy were there. Butler. For, you went to for, Butler for, for like nine hundred on the SAT. I could not. They didn't even. Father Hesburgh. Yeah. Nah, don't don't yeah. even think about no, no. wasting the ink on the application. Why Notre Dame? Tell us about your recruiting story. Well, I, I went. Um, I was offered. I was I'd had a pretty good high school career and um, had off, several offers to go. Really, pretty much anywhere I wanted to go, but. I took two visits. I took a visit to Illinois, which is near my hometown, maybe two hours away from where I grew up. And I took a visit to Notre Dame. And it's it's almost like when you're going house hunting, you're looking for a new house and you walk into a house and it feels like home. And you know that's the one that you're going to have. That's what I felt like when I walked onto that campus. 
and um, just the aura of the place and just the mystique and the, just the whole vibe that I got when I walked on that campus, it kind of gave me chill bumps, and, and that's where I knew I wanted to be. This is my, that's my boy. Right that's some guys. That's well, boy. and plus I knew John was there. So I, sure. The legacy, <laughs> the history I, I, I brought out. So this has been well documented on the second cup of Joe and John, John did a fantasy camp at Notre Dame where you're in the helmet, you're in the actual uniform and you're playing on the field, etc. The helmet sits five feet to my left. So I brought it out here, but your comment was there's actually gold chips in that gold helmet. Yeah, back back in the day when they used to paint the helmets before games, um, they used to have a little canister that had gold flakes or gold dust or something in it, and they used to sprinkle that in the paint that they would paint our helmets with, and that was that was the you know the ode to the the, the golden dome, and so that's that's what we have. So, did, go ahead. Did you enjoy? Uh, I what I love. I find that all great place kickers, especially, are good golfers because it is about feel. And it is about touch, and it is about power, and it's knowing when to combine all that stuff. So you're a fantastic golfer. I wrote it down because I knew I'd forget it. You won the NFL Cadillac Challenge. I mean, you you can play just as well on the golf course as you can on the football field. Um, how did you deal with the pressure of last-minute field goals? Uh, it's like a golf shot. You really just kind of compartmentalize it and just execute and do your job. Yeah, well, I, I had an unbelievable – Legendary coach Lou Holtz I played for at Notre Dame. He was a huge, huge influence on my life. And he used to always tell us, um, and I'll never, I never forgot this, even through my, my kicking days here at, at, uh, in Green Bay and also here in Tennessee, he always used to say, pressure is a feeling you get when you're not confident in your abilities. Unbelievable. If you think about it, it's really true. Yes. If, you, if you're confident in something, where's the pressure? There is none. The goalposts don't get any narrower just because it's two seconds left in the clock is when you first kick a field goal. So where is the pressure? So you, it's pressure is what you put on yourself, not about your ability. Excellent. The uh, long-held myth uh, in these parts is that in, and I, I'm going off memory because we do no show prep. I don't. You do. Yeah, you did fantastic. I, I, I botched it. But uh, 1991, University of Tennessee, uh, their big comeback, uh, which included a blocked field goal. Uh, Craig Hendrick was on that team, uh, I, I believe, but you were not the kid. Everybody thinks, oh, we, he was a guy in the field. I was there that day in South, but you were hurt, right? You didn't, that wasn't you. Well, we had, we had a field goal blocked before halftime that they ran back for a touch, and we were up 31 to 7 or something at that point. Um, and there was a field goal blocked right before halftime that they Tennessee returned for a touchdown. That was the play that I kicked that field goal and I got hurt on that play. I tore my ACL on that play oh. and the backup kicker actually at halftime, um, I was in the doctors and they're like, yeah, you've torn your ACL, but Hey, you're not going to tear anything else. It's already torn. You might as well go back out and kick. And I was like, okay. Was it on your so kicking foot or your it was on my foot? It was on my kicking leg. Okay. And so I go back out in the second half, and I kick off the opening kickoff of the second half and about pass out when I kick because it's, I mean, my leg's, you know, floppy. Uh, uh, kick a field goal after that and then kick another kickoff, and my cartilage just exploded oh after that, and so I couldn't gosh. play the rest of the game. So the backup kicker came in at the end of the game and got the field goal blocked. And fun, funny story is that torn ACL that I got that day, I played – 17 years in the NFL without an ACL because of that day. Is that good? 
No, it's not good. <laughs> That's amazing. I did not know you were on the field. So you did have who was part the responsibility the for that? For that, I, game? I, um, I believe I believe the the guy's name, and I may be wrong, but I think it was Rob Leonard. Okay, was the guy who backed me up, and he was a walk on kicker from Georgia. And it was we got the ball off a little bit slow, but the guy had a great jump around the corner and actually blocked the ball with his rear, and he didn't even block the ball with his hands. He was in there so fast that the ball hit the guy mm. in the rear end to block the I've game got, field goal. I've got 10,000. I love kicking. <laughs> I always wanted to be – I wish I had your school when I was young. I always wanted to be a kicker because I love golf, and I was never big enough to really play, but I just love – I love every anytime anybody kicks. I don't care if I'm rooting against them or not. I hope the field goal guy hits the field goal because it's you know it's just tremendous. Um, wh- were you ever the what? What's the word I'm using for uh, the placeholder? Yes, Two? holder. Yes. So I, what's the trick to that? My my primary job in the NFL was punter, um, but I also was the holder for field goals. But I also kicked long field goals and was able to step in and kick field goals if someone got so hurt. hurt yeah. And I also did the kickoffs uh, a lot of my years. So um, the secret to holding is repetition. It is the most thankless job on the field. Absolutely. Because you only get noticed if something bad happens. Yep. And, but that's okay. So I always used to tell, you know, especially the media guys, that if I never got interviewed after a game, I know I did my job. Sure. You know, <laughs> but it comes, a, it comes at you at a, like a bullet from the center, and that is the long snapper's only job. Is that correct? The, the, this guy's on the mm-hmm. team for one job, and that's mm-hmm. to snap the ball to you. Yep. And uh, so you spend a lot of time with that person, just repetition. Yeah, and just to put it into perspective, people don't know this, but from the time the snapper on a field goal, time the snapper snaps the ball to the time the ball comes off the kicker's foot is about 1.2 seconds. Okay. So the ball has to travel eight yards. The holder has to catch it, put the ball down, spin laces if he needs to, in a spot about the size of a quarter for the kicker to kick the ball through the uprights in 1.2 seconds. So that puts it all in perspective of how fast things happen. And last one, as the kicker, what's your target on the ball? Are you slightly below mid, or are you right at mid, or do you have a technique with that? Yeah, there's a, it's about a third of the way up the ball. There's there's different ways, um, and it's, it's more intricate than just saying you've got to kick it right here to make a field goal, but it's almost like a golf swing. Uh, it's where you are at impact. It's where your foot's at at impact. Um, and how you get there doesn't really matter. But um, there's a certain spot on the ball that you you find, um, and it's usually about a third of the way up the ball, that allows you to get the ball with maximum uh, elevation to get the ball over the line of scrimmage. I tell you one reason I couldn't be, because I grew up in Delaware, like from here to Nashville, from Philadelphia. And that was in the early 70s. So uh, the Eagles had the white helmets, green wings. They sucked. They were terrible. But... Tom Dempsey was the kicker with half a foot and a plate on the front of his shoe. And I thought, well, I can't kick because I have a full foot and not a plate on my shoe. And they We could probably to- take care of that if you want. <laughs> but they used to do that straight on kick, mm-hmm. you know, where they just like anybody who's never kicked a ball would do. What transition from the straight on kick to the soccer style kick that makes it more powerful? Well, I think back in the day that – they just kind of picked the guy who could kick a ball. I mean, it, a lot of guys did it straight on because that was the natural thing. If the straighter I go, the straighter the ball is going to go. But then the soccer players got in to start kicking footballs, and the soccer-style kick uh, became much more powerful, in my opinion, and also a lot more consistent. Oddly enough that you're coming from an angle, but the ball's traveling more consistent. So 
it, it was just that kind of switch from uh, into that soccer realm um, that kickers started. Yeah, to. Jan Stenerud mm-hmm. and sure. and Gero Upremian started that. That that was good. By the way, uh, my I went to a high school that won three state championships in the seventies. I came just after that. That happened when I was in grade school. I lettered my sophomore year in high school football, and I didn't literally play when the clock moved. I was the backup quarterback. I was the holder. So if you got on the field after a touchdown, you were credited with that quarter. So I was credited with enough quarters to get a letter jacket. Now, right. as a sophomore, that's that's not bad with the ladies, okay? Yeah. But the guys, when we had the gold pin that they put on the letter M, they would always turn it up, not like it's being thrown as a pass. They turned it up because... I held, and that's the only damn reason I earned a letter. I'm sure you earned it, because I, I know how hard holding is. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much. Rapid, 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 rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid. Rapid fire. These are not necessarily rapid fire. We just like the stinger. We just, we just think it's play cool. noises, sound official. <laughs> So, uh, Craig, when you're on the sidelines, you always where we sit at the stadium, the net is always there. So you always see the kicker coming out. You can see they're working into a position where you're going to be on the field, whether you're punting into the net or place kicking into the net. Did you ever miss the net? You know what? Oddly <laughs> enough, you asked that. So my Not very, one of my questions I would have no, asked. No, it's, did you miss the net? My, my very first game in Green Bay was uh, – in, at the University of Wisconsin, it was a preseason game. We played a game there every year in preseason. And our our net was back, it was probably 30 years old, and it was horrible. But in the corner of the net, there was a hole where that somebody had either broke the string or whatever the net, but there was a hole about this big. So I'm warming up to go out for one of my kicks, and I, I blast one right through that hole, yeah. perfect spiral, about 30 rows into the stands. Uh, and everybody thought I missed the net. So I had to make sure everybody knew. Uh, there was a hole in the net. There was a hole. So, yeah, so embarrassing. I watched that endlessly just watching them warm up, and I thought this would be great if they'd miss it and sail it 30 <laughs> rows into the stands. That's crazy. You, uh, you've made Middle Tennessee home. You have a, wow, a wonderfully talented, effervescent, wife uh great kids uh you've embedded yourself in the community what's a favorite restaurant you got anything going i have two okay all right our go-to's are stony river the coffee cured filet is the best you'll ever have can't yeah. go wrong with stony and wild ginger sure yeah down, amazing down, down off of Corral, yes. baker's bridge pardon me yes, that's, baker's right. Bridge. that's right okay all right no that's that's, that's good i'm gonna stick in the ridiculous questions oh, uh no. as 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 a golfer and John's never done this, but as a kicker, have you ever whiffed? Uh, no, of course not. Are you kidding me? Even if I did, I wouldn't be telling you. Um, no, I have not. It'd be hard to whiff kicking a football. It definitely would. What's it feel like? You know, your punts have, are always great, but everyone has one go off the side of the foot. Yes. Um, do you feel it as it's happening or then once it's in the air, you're like, oh, crap. No, as soon, as soon as the ball leaves your hand, you know it's going to be bad. Oh, no. And then it's almost in slow motion. And we talked about the, the how fast a, a kick gets off. A punt is, is from snap to kick is two seconds. So there's a lot of stuff going on in two seconds. The hardest thing about punting is you're, dropping a, you're, you're trying to punt a moving ball. So when this ball doesn't drop the way you want it to drop, it can go in crazy places. So I had a, I had a 19-yarder one time in a playoff game, oh. super windy. 
And I used to kick this punt called the knuckleball punt. It was a yeah. pooch punt. And this knuckleball, I dropped it like I would normally do. And the wind caught it and blew it inside my body. And I think I hit the very top tip of the ball. And it went, usually when a right-footed punter shanks when it goes to the right. Mm-hmm. Well, mine went left. I thought I was going to knock out the opposing coach with it. Oh, and boy. It was the most embarrassing, but you know what? That happens. Where are you trying to drop it? Um, where you start? On your foot. Okay, or... so you actually make contact with the ball right about knee height. As oddly enough, you, people think, think it's like higher so you can get the ball high, but it's about knee height. So you're dropping the ball about waist high, and it's traveling in the air from your waist down to your knee, and it's open to whatever the weather wants to do with it. And So that's why wind uh, is the hardest thing for punters to deal with. Uh, Sean Landetta would be the poster child uh, in Chicago <laughs> at the Chicago Bears playoff game in 85. Did Were you part of, and I again, no show prep, and you could go to John, I had be retired then. Were you part of that crazy wind game in Cincinnati? I was. And didn't you hit something like 74? I mean, that was probably as precarious as weird a situation wind-wise. It was. And I, I, I'll never forget going out on the field at halftime, and our metal bench was blowing across the field. It was rolling across the field because the wind was blowing <laughs> like it. A, like a and we were, we were in the bus afterwards, and you felt like the bus was going to tip over. The wind was blowing so hard. Mm. But my favorite story was one in Chicago. I played a Monday night game in Chicago uh, when I was with the Packers. And they were they were retiring Dick Buckus jersey or something mm-hmm. at halftime. It was a it was a Halloween night. It rained like it hell. was raining so hard you couldn't see. The wind was sixty five miles an hour, and it was thirty eight degrees, and it was the most miserable time of my life. And I'll never forget. I averaged twenty seven yards a punt that game, and got a game ball. Wow. <laughs> Good job. That's, that's amazing. Do you ever uh, – do you like fake punts? I do. Yeah, and that what was – what, what, uh, what, Duh. So the play's called, and uh, what happens? Tell us what's the thoughts in the punter's head. Well, Co- Coach Fisher was very, was known for this, and this is what made it so fun is because it just wasn't the normal let's go out and punt it and whatever. Every time we played a team, the first thing they worried about was a fake, whether it be an onside kick or a fake punt. And so – Really, it helps the punter out a lot because teams are scared to rush us because we'll just dump one right over their heads for a first down. So it really helps me out a lot knowing that we had a fake punt called almost every game. It's just whether or not we got the right look or not. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was always fun to, to work on those and to kind of come up with different different, uh, different fun plays to, to get guys the ball. Did it involve you throwing the ball or were you running? Uh, both. Usually throwing. Um, my speed wasn't what it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> And also, um, for some reason, guys were a little bit faster than me out there. So, um, but yeah, I would throw a lot and get it to the get it into the athletes' hands. You know, that's how it works. Was that up to you? If you got the look, did Coach Fisher and Lowry trust your to do it, or did it have to be called by them? What what latitude did you have? It was it was called by them, but it was based on scenarios of if we got this certain look, we would run it. If not, we would punt it. Okay. And so the. The guy in front of me was called the personal protector. He's the guy who would either have it on or call it off. And so there's a certain sign he would use or whatever that would either have us run it or call it off. But we we ran several in my 12 years here. I got I got one more with that. Um, name the Titans kicker that hit the brand-new Dallas Cowboys AT&T Stadium scoreboard on the inaugural game at AT&T. Titans uh, punter. It was Ohio State punter. Came out of Ohio State. He was a rookie, and I can't think of his name right now. He had two initials. Um, 
Tell me. AJ Trapasso. AJ Trapasso, yep. AJ Trapasso. I didn't even AJ Trapasso was <laughs> in my last season, 2009, I believe it was. Uh, we were playing in the Hall of Fame game, mm-hmm. and he ran a fake punt and scored a touchdown. And I'm like, how in the heck do I play 17 years, never score a touchdown, and on your very first punt, you score a you touchdown? Get that thing. My sons, I told them you were coming in, and they've grown up in the stadium. They said, Dad, I think he's the one that hit the the Cowboys scoreboard. So I had to look it up. We and- were bombing that thing in pregame. I mean, we, <laughs> we were hitting it on the upshot, and I'll never forget Jerry Jones comes down on the field, and I, we're just – we're just pummeling this thing, right? And I'm doing my very best to take out one of the speakers on the corner up here just for fun. Yeah. And we're hitting this thing so hard, and you can just hear it banging off of this thing. And he comes down the field, and he comes down in his little in his in his kind of higher higher pitched voice, you know, how he has, and he's like, he's like, you know, you know, if you hit that whenever you're playing in the game, you get to re-kick it. And I said, well, I'll do respect. If I hit that thing in a game, I don't want to re-kick it because you just took away a great punt from me. You need yeah. to raise that thing. Oh, <laughs> that is- man. By the way, a uh, little-known fact, that Hall of Fame game in which you wore the throwback uniforms, Jeff said later, like, this was an exhibit, a preseason game. You're not allowed to call it. The, the, the Shield doesn't let you call them exhibition <laughs> games. They were preseason <laughs> games. Uh, that, that on that play, he did it because there was some grudge. These coaches keep grudges. And somebody on the other sideline, Jeff had a grudge against and said, because you don't call a fake punt. You just, you know, like <laughs> there's this like guy's rule. And he did it. I go, what was that all about? He goes, well, this so-and-so coach, he was, uh, you know, we have a history. So well, does well, that surprise you? It doesn't because, you know, after, after we did the Music City Miracle that year, the next season we played at Buffalo. I was on the bus. And, yeah. and, and in, instead of – Instead of introducing the offense or defense, he introduced the special teams with the last three people being Frank Wycheck, Lorenzo Neal, and Kevin Dyson. That's and good. I'm was, telling you, I thought I didn't think we were going to end. Up, I didn't think we were going to be able to leave that stadium that uh, is alive. So beautiful. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, rapid fire. We've way lost on turn four. Favorite dead or alive? Sorry, dead or alive? Uh, two or three dinner guests you'd like to? Oh have. Jesus. Obviously, okay, would be one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would, I would, I would love to have dinner with Lou Holtz, um, just to tell him how much I appreciate him and how much he did for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be my first two choices. Okay. Good. What's uh, I wanted to. I'm getting this out now. Then uh, these get back to the kicks. Um, I've noticed now a lot of punters. There doesn't seem to be this target for the coffin corner, for the sideline, where you could just drill it right out over the three-yard line. They just kick it, and it's there's all these returns. Has there been a rule change, or is that just not the thing to do? I'll see it happen every once in a while, but uh, there seems to be just more punts generally down the field, and you get a, a chance to, to, to bring it back. Yeah, and I, I, I'm a firm believer that the old art of punting, the actual hang-time punt, directional punting is, is becoming a lost art in college. You see all these rugby guys come in and they're doing the, all these Australian rules, rugby punts and where they roll out and punt the ball on the run. And, um, it's the true old style of punting is, is becoming a lost art. And that, and that's what, um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to find some really good punters and really teach them that because it's so, it's so effective. And, um, you know, the reason why that people don't cough and corner and pooch punts anymore, and I, this is just for your knowledge is that like when, when you're, they leave defenses on the field in that situation. The opposing team does. And so you have a starting defensive end 
going against a backup whatever and your punt team. And so when you have to punt it a certain direction, you have to step that way. And so you're stepping right into a rush from a starting defensive lineman. So that's why guys start punting it down the middle and doing that end over end uh, punt and the knuckleball punt. Sure. So it kind of it, it it makes way for a block punt. There you have it, baby. Joe and John have come to the fork in the road. Joe has another kicking question, I'm sure. <laughs> would, would you like to see... Are you worn out? Are you okay? Oh, would, I'm good. Okay. Would you like to see John's video of him playing quarterback for the Fighting Irish? I, uh, you know I haven't shown anybody that you know today. What? I, I saw, I, sure you, you're sure I you're saw that picture. It. He sent me that picture. <laughs> and you know what? You look like a great kicker. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Okay. Oh, thank right. you, Craig. Appreciate thank you. That, that was... <laughs> I'll take that. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, so you, uh, you got, you got a new you fork and a lot of things. Your new venture, uh, as far as I can tell, we're kind of Facebook buddies, uh, is you, you're, you're cranking up and, and putting out some tutorials. Tell us about, uh, wanting to, and, and what are you doing with, with, with this business? Well, playing for 17 years in the NFL, four in college and four in high school. And the years before that, I've gained a little bit of knowledge on how to kick and punt a football and um, it's just kind of been in my head and kind of just um, just kind of sitting there and I, um, I just figured you know what it's time it's time to get this stuff out and 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 try to help some people you know experience the same uh, joy that I've I experienced um, in playing football and and so this is this is a an online type um, mentorship I guess you would say um, really teaching kids the nuts and bolts of punting and kicking um, and more importantly, the mental part of the game. And you know, we talked about you know how important the mental part of the game is, and, and punting and kicking. Uh, and it's just my way. It's it's almost like therapy for me because I'm able to get this stuff out. But I'm also able able to help people and and, and try to speak life into these kids' lives um, young. And uh, it's uh, we're just now getting it underway. And and, and I'm looking forward to, to working with some kids and hope hopefully getting them um, to live the same dream that I lived. Haven't you been doing this for a bit, though, where you had live camps and such? Well, I, I, I did. Uh, it, when I first retired, uh, I, this is what I started doing, and mm-hmm. it really took a toll on my body um, being out oh. there on a field for six, eight hours a day, and okay. and um, I, I just I couldn't do it anymore. And so this, I've really transferred a lot to the online space and, and being able to break down film and to be able to explain to these to these kids the, the, the intricate details of punting and kicking, and people think you just, you know, drop a ball and kick it. There's way more to it than that. And you, know, you can ask any golfer in the, in the, that's, that's a serious golfer. There's a lot to a golf swing where the intricacies of paths and swing paths and all this stuff and body position and leverage, all that applies to kicking and punting as well. And um, it's what I believe is not really being taught, um, really being taught in the business right now. A lot of these camps, that these kids are going to now are, are rankings based camps where they, they rank kickers and, Based on your rankings, you get more attention because obviously you're you got higher ranked and you're you're more sought after. But it's these kids that um, you know that, that really want to learn the art in a different way, other than just you know just kick the ball through the yellow things. It's way more to it than that. Well, and part of your makeup too is uh, teaching character and, if you will, a spiritual pastoral side to it that makes a whole person. And so. Uh, Another analogy is kicking like golf. You know, as two 60-year-olds with John and I, when we were in high school, 
Uh, nobody was on the golf team. Nobody got golf scholarships. Nobody got kicking scholarships. Just, you know, I mean, it was like this afterthought. Who's going to kick? You know, who can kick? But now it's a full ride. And the NFL, you make a lot of money being a punter and a kicker as they do in golf now. So it's a it's another great time for you to uh, help mold these young kids that are going to have a big impact, even if, you know, they're the kicker. It is. And I, I had so many people speak into my life growing up and uh, it's just it really changed changed uh, the trajectory of my life. These you know people like Coach Holtz and mentors like Coach Holtz, and obviously besides my parents, Coach Holtz was probably the biggest influence in my life. Um, but coaches all along the way just really spoke life into me, and it's like, man, I got to give this back to somebody else because I was given such a blessing in this. And um, you know, <clears throat> uh, several years ago, I went through some some really serious health issues and and body broken down and just some some other serious diagnoses um, that we went through. And um, it really changed my, my perspective on faith and, and, and giving back and, and helping kids. And, um, you know, that's what I, that's, that's my, that's my mission now. And that's, that's my calling. And that's what I'm going to do. It's where a, where can they find this? Where, 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 like people want to know more about, is, is there a, is there an online <coughs> service? Is it, uh, I just try to get the information out there. Yeah. Um, so craighentrick.com is, is an easy way to get to everything. Instagram is Craig Hentrick official. Um, Facebook is master your punting and kicking. That's the name of the, of the, of oh, the, of okay. the program that, I, that I'm doing. And then YouTube channel is Craig Hendrick MPK. And so that, that way, uh, you know, I'm able to, you know, give people nuggets of, of kind of what it's about. And, um, I, I just really think it's, um, it's, it's great. It's been great for me, um, just to kind of relive this stuff and to, to get it out. Um, there will be an online, online book, uh, coming at some point, okay. uh, soon. So it's, it's, um, it's been a really fun adventure for me. And, uh, my wife has been a huge, in, uh, very instrumental in, in getting this going for me. And, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to work together. Well, you sure have a lot of vision ahead for these young folks. I just think it's fun as we get to our age that we're all uh, lifting up. Uh, I have young 20 sons, and uh, when they get run in their mouths, you kind of just, <laughs> ah, mm-hmm. really, you just think you know everything. So uh, there really is a place for us, and congratulations on this new uh, new road for you of, of lifting up and helping a lot of things. And we always, uh, especially, Craig, for you, you know, may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Amen and there. Give you peace and uh, for all these young folks that you are going to reach. Yes, sir. And I just adore your wife. She is just a singer-songwriter. She, yeah, uh, she, you know, neat, she she got the lady. talent of the family. I mean, she <laughs> she's a singer. She's a blogger. She's a, uh, a songwriter. She's she's um, just an incredible mentor to a lot of women. She, you know, she has, she runs a ministry and it's, um it's G-A-N-G Stories. And she basically is helps helps women come to faith, and it's it's uh, it's just so fun to see. Well, let's just get her on this. Yeah, why 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 did we book Craig? Why, how did that happen? Oh, well, we got to work our way. You booked me to get to her. Get that's to what her. it is. Yeah, that's that's what Stories. it is. Uh, your son, your son, how old? He he's, he'll be eighteen tomorrow. Oh my god! Yeah, and I have another son that's a freshman, fifteen. So. That makes me old. Do, do yeah. they do they want to kick? Do they kick? No, my youngest son is is a kicker and he's very good. Uh-huh. Um, he he kicked a little bit as a freshman this year on the, on their high school team and uh, he's got some he's got some uh, he's got some talent. Uh, my oldest son is is more the the lineman strong guy type, which um, I'm not sure where he got that from because that's not me. Um, but he's uh, the adoption he's, papers he's, went through. I think it's, I don't know. I don't, that's me. No, but they're they're both they've both done really good. And the best part for me last year was being able to coach my son and both sons on the same football team. That was one of my one of my life goals, and I got a chance to do that last year. All 
right. when I transferred, uh, transitioned out of TV, I, I helped out with Stratford High School uh, for a little bit just to be a volunteer assistant coach. I didn't have a lot going with the with the nonprofit yet. So I went over there and I'm zoned for Stratford. And so Maurice Fitzgerald was the coach there. He won a couple of state championships at Pearl Cone in the nineties. And so he said, he goes, why don't you work on special teams? Like, yeah, you can't do any harm there. So he had me teach long snapping. And so I immediately went, I have no idea. And I reached out to Craig and I said, Craig, help me. And so being a special teams guy, he did. I went to the first game, took my wife, wasn't on the sidelines. Uh, I said, here's the guy. He nicknamed him Memphis because he was out of Memphis. And I go, Memphis is going to snap this. And if he makes good snaps the whole time, he can drive my Mustang convertible. And so the very first snap went 20 feet over the punter's oh, head. No. And my wife is like, keep your day job. Oh, <laughs> he no. never got to drive the car. Darn so oh. I, was, I, I was a better um, – anyway, that's my short – lived but craig was very kind to, to do that i'm so proud of you i love the fact that uh what, what you've done with the titans and the way you represent yourself i think wearing a c as a captain as a special teams player just says everything about you about your leadership and and what you did uh i know these are the glory days and there's kids that don't remember this i mean i go to schools now and these kids are born in 0405 they don't know any of this stuff um but you you truly were among the among the reasons why this franchise just had such a great, you know, wider the base, higher the pyramid. And well, I, I appreciate that, but I'll tell you what, I, I I was unbelievably blessed to be able to play with some of the guys I played with. You know, we've lost too many guys from that from yeah. that era, and um, it's it's um, it's just such a, such heartbreaking uh, heartbreaking to to just see this this happening to these guys. And but yeah. I got a chance to play with some unbelievable players and coaches that I still am in contact yeah. with today and that's what makes it all worth it and yeah. people I love the fact that you're passing on uh, all your expertise and you're doing it in a way you can get it out there so we'll help in any way we can sure. all four people that listen yeah. will be able to do this so <laughs> anyway hey thanks for being on the second cup of Joe and John it's the second cup of Joe and John as their guests expound on any and all topics within the realm of decency want to be a sponsor let a TV and radio guy help build your business. Email the show, second cup of Joe and John at gmail.com. Now, hold on tight and grab another second cup of Joe and John.